Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Hello and welcome to our podcast and our webinar series. I'm Lauren Sweeney and I'm your host. Today, we're really in for a treat. We have an incredible guest on and we're going to dive right in. As the founder of Jay Flinch, Jamie has helped several thousands of purpose-driven leaders craft efficient, resilient organizations of over 300 companies. That's amazing. He has leveraged more than 30 years of experience and helping build over 20 companies. Jamie collaborates with leaders and their teams, something that we're passionate about here on our podcast, to bridge capability, strategy, cultural, and systematic gaps so important today, so that companies can safely span potential pitfalls and have a purposeful impact on their organization. Sounds like we might be talking about some emotional intelligence. Jamie has helped leaders across a wide variety of spectrums and industries, from healthcare to utilities, technology, consumer products, and just to name a few, Intel, Mars, candy bars, yes, Amazon, Crayola, Fidelity, Whirlpool, and many more. Well, let's dive in and just not focus on the problem, but some problem-solving tools. Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I saw you nodding your head backstage when I talked about emotional intelligence. Yep, <laughs> powerful, powerful skill, especially in the face of problem-solving, just to, just to power through sometimes. I love that. So tell me how you got involved or did you always have a brain for strategy, even as a little kid? Did you always think you'd go into this kind of work or did you kind of fall into it? I, a little bit of both. I, I think I was I was always asking big questions and looking at tough challenges and uh, uh, and and would sometimes I had a knack for finding new ways through problems. And so th that's more in retrospect. Uh, I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't say that gave me insight to where I would end up, but um, that that took me into, into projects and initiatives inside large organizations, which which then started shaping uh, how I spent most of my, my uh, professional life. I love that. So where do you start with a company? Do you, does a company come to you when they're having a hard time? Or of course, I'm sure it's better if they come to you beforehand and maybe all in between. But let's say I'm a CEO of an organization listening, or I'm a leader in a company, perhaps I'm an entrepreneur. Talk to me about kind of some first steps. Well, I, I think for, you know, a lot of cases, I'm, I'm helping the individual. Um, you know, it, it's important for me coming from the outside that they own the transformation, the journey, the gap they're trying to close, whatever that is. And, uh, you know, for, for starters, they have to have some some clear ownership over where they're trying to go. Um, but, but along with that, fundamentally, they have to have some destination in mind. It might not be well articulated. It, it, it might not be well understood, but they they know there's a gap they're trying to close, whether that be cultural or strategic or operational. And um, and fundamentally, at least enough curiosity about different ways to close it because there's, there's either frustration that they haven't been able to so far, or some clear idea that, uh, uh, that, that they, they don't know what everything they need to know to be successful in closing it. 
I love that. It's interesting, probably going into some of these huge companies. Do you think that you're able to sort of see things or would you recommend that a leader sees things sort of from a bird's eye perspective or what's most efficient? You're, you're a leader. You have teams. You're also a, a person. The person is the professional. How do you navigate all of that? Well, I, I, I think you need to be, especially at, at a senior level, you, you need to be multidimensional. I mean, you, you can't just say, I'm going to solve the people problems or the process problems or the strategy problems or the technology problems. You need to see how all those things fit together. So, you know, you, you need to have a fairly uh, deep curiosity about cause and effect to see systematic uh, uh, impacts and how things interact with each other. Um, you know, technology doesn't exist without people. And, and in most cases, people don't exist without technology in organizations as just one one place. And so uh, you need a you need a bird's eye view. But you also in, in order to see the wide aperture of, of impact. But you also need to get into the into the weeds. You, you need to get into the details because it's it's often the fine threads and the, the the micro leverage points that we're looking for to find impact. And so. We can't float at a bird's eye view. We might start there, but we we ultimately need to get into and find leverage. Yeah, absolutely. What is something that you do? Just you're working with companies. I know you drove five hours this morning just coming back from an event. What is something you do for yourself to kind of practice what you preach, so to speak, to your executives that you're working with? Keep yourself kind of sane. <laughs> Well, I, I think there's a couple of things. So at a, at a more micro level, as I, as I do coaching with individual leaders, you know, I always make sure that I have a, at a minimum, a 50 minute meeting window. So, so I never go into a meeting uh, rushed. Uh, um, I, I'm always walking into a conversation, mm -hmm. knowing, you know, knowing what my purpose is, knowing my intent, being clean and clear from whatever I was already covering. And so that's a, a tactical thing, but it's it's super important for me that I'm not walking into a meeting with a leader and, or, or, or logging into a meeting with a leader <laughs> without a clear mind, without a focused mind. On a bigger scale, you know, th this is one of the reasons that I write. Um, mm -hmm. Writing for me helps me process, um, yeah. you know, big picture questions and and, and think through, there'd be numerous times back when I used to write a column where, you know, I'd have tough questions from clients and I'd go write a column about it just because that would force me to think about it more deeply. And so, so reflection and writing and, and, and carving out some white space to, to think about big questions is also uh, pretty important for, for my process of, of just being able to allow my, my more intuitive side of my mind to connect to big, big challenges. I love that. Sounds like you have a lot of self-awareness, speaking of, of EQ. I've developed it over time. I'm not <laughs> going to say it came natural to me, but, uh, but yes, uh, definitely developing awareness, self-awareness about what works and emotional intelligence about uh, getting in our own ways has been pretty important in my own growth and development. I love that because you're then working in self-management, self-awareness first, then you're managing it. You know, you love to write, you know, you love to process that way. Some of us love to process by talking and different ways of processing, but bottom line, we have to process. And even just that small tidbit of saying, I never come in late or rushed. 
and allowing ourselves that space intentionally seems like a small thing. We'll just schedule 15 minute gaps. Yet I think a lot of us don't process and go, wow, this would be a simple little tweak. And I'm sure there's so many other areas where you see it would be a simple little tweak. If we just made it, we would be able to really have full capacity. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, I, even little things, you know, I, I, I can, I can see on my, I guess on that side of my, me, I have these okay. notebooks and I, I do advisory work, which is more topic driven mm -hmm. and coaching work, which is more individual leader driven. Mm -hmm. And I've got, you know, a specific notebook for, for each. And, and so I open to that tab and that's, that's all, I don't even need to review my notes. It's really more of a sort of a visceral reconnection to, Oh, I'm now going into coaching and to be extremely mindful of, of my intent. And mm -hmm. in, in many cases, the leaders that I coach are running from meeting to meeting to meeting. And if I can just be a bit of their, I'll say, you know, sanity and checkpoint and making sure that I'm available to them, uh, that, that, that becomes a pretty big deal in making sure that we're having a, a useful conversation. I love that. Cause then when you're your best, you can certainly help others at least you'll, you'll be there to be present. Yeah. And my, my old work in the past was, you know, three to four weeks a month on a plane uh, going yeah. all over the world. And, you know, and it, you know, I'm not sure I was ever at my best in, in many of those cases, you know, as soon as I'd land somewhere, I'm sort of stressed about the weather and my return flights and where I'm headed next. And, uh, you know, do I have a good hotel or a bad hotel? And, and, and now that, and this was, actually my plan for 2020 pre-pandemic as I started at sort of new advisory work is I needed to get off the road. Uh, mm. And, and so I was already going to be more virtual, but it, it really has helped. I don't, you know, I have, I have that mental capacity to be clear and present for, for each and every conversation. I love that. So you've worked with some pretty big companies and tell me about, interesting processes you've been able to really make a shift in or perhaps something that's been surprising for you? Well, yeah, I think uh, big interesting shifts that, that come up, not everywhere, but time and time again, I'd say, you know, one is, is just making coaching as a, a more regular part of leaders work, not, not receiving coaching, maybe that too, but, but being a coach and distinguishing being a coach from being a manager and even distinguishing it from being a teacher. There's a uh, many leaders I've worked with that, that think of themselves first as a coach and a teacher as one word. And we sort of tear those apart and they realize they are a teacher, but they're not a coach. And then we, we cultivate that. And that becomes tremendously powerful. I think another, uh, and, and we were already sort of hinting at this uh, with, with my own systems, but, helping establish more deliberate management systems. Um, most leaders are aware that they, they have management systems. They know that that's a thing, but they've, they either assume that they were all purposely designed and they're in place and they're doing what they're supposed to be, or they're just sort of invisible to them. And they, they kind of know they're there in concept, but have never really examined them. And taking more ownership over their own local, wherever they are in the organization, their own localized, uh, uh, systems is what gives them sort of power over their own, uh, their own efforts, their own focal points, uh, and their own impact in the organization. So that, that's, that's always, I think, um, 
when we have a chance to dig into that, it, it's almost always a, a powerful shift for people. Hmm. Interesting. I love that. Did you always think that this is where you'd find yourself? Well, not not really. I, I I went you know I went to school for engineering initially. In fact, I have three engineering degrees. I like to call myself a recovering engineer. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, but but as I you know even early on in my career, I had several instances where I'd be doing some more technical work. Maybe not physical systems, but uh, developing uh, large scale processes. And and every time I'd start to look at that. I would see that the system might be well designed, but the culture is failing us or the leaders are failing us. And so that started my curiosity about those impacts on organizational performance. And ultimately, there are harder problems to solve. Um, I've been saying for more than a couple of decades now that you know the, the leadership engagement and the right behaviors of the right culture are two of the highest leverage points organizations can find. And they're very, very hard problems, which is, you know, I haven't cracked, you know, I've, I've gotten better at it, but still haven't solved it in a way that I can stop working on it. So uh, very, very hard problems. And so I love hard problems. And so that, that I'll say curiosity led me to kind of keep, keep peeling that back and, and getting more and more curious about making an impact there. Mm. Interesting. I love that. Talk to me about what we'll find on your website. Is there any resources or anything like that? And if you're listening, the website is jflinchflinch.com. Yeah. So, so on the website, there's, there's uh, some free videos uh, that, that people can have access to. Um, we have a lot of our videos are more sort of behind a firewall with our clients, but, uh, and, and also links to things like YouTube and also links to my, my latest book, which is People Solve Problems, um, which, which dives into some of this around building uh, good uh, problem solving cultures and the role of the leader and all of that. And so those are some of the things along with along with my blog, uh, both video and, and uh, written uh, content, which, uh, as I said, most of my content is inspired by my work with my clients. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and hopefully try to add some value in, in that way. Really interesting. So how, how many books have you written and what was the process like in writing this last one? Well, so I've, I've written two. The, the first one was called the Hitchhiker's Guide to Lean, which was about 15 years ago. This was written before eBooks were even a thing. So interestingly, uh, then I actually wrote most of that book at Starbucks because Starbucks didn't have Wi-Fi. And so at, at that time, Starbucks was a chance for me to go unplug from mm-hmm. other work and from the Internet to, to go focus on writing. And, and I learned a long time ago that writing for me is a momentum thing. So I couldn't I, I don't write well in in 20 minute spurts. I write well in in four hour spurts or three day spurts. And so uh, people saw I always intended to write another book coming into 2020. I started brainstorming as as I did spend a little more time at home in in uh, you know March of last year, and then I would I would go away uh, to a, a cottage in the mountains where for for multiple days at a time, where I do most of my research and my writing, and that's where I would I would disconnect not entirely from my email. I I do email once a day, but no meetings, no real work, just keeping up on email and go very very deep. So. 
lots of mind mapping, lots of lots of draft writing, lots of, you know, lots of kind of building up momentum, lots of research that went into this this last book, and and uh, just about almost all of it was written uh, basically at a, a mountain retreat. Wow. I, again, going back to kind of your knowing yourself, you know that you write best when you're disconnected. That's not everyone, but that's for you. That's and true. you write best with momentum, you know, in long periods of time versus some others may like short spurts. So again, it's knowing yourself and then knowing what works best. And well, we can't wait to check it out. I know we can find out more on the website or I'm sure it's on Amazon and all of the other books. Absolutely. You can find it anywhere. Audiobook book uh, for those that prefer that, you know, Kindle, hardcover, paperback. We've we we tried to uh, uh, tr- tried to serve people in whatever their preference is. Would you recommend that leaders at all levels read it? Entrepreneurs as well. It's all about problem solving, both both levels. Yeah. So I, I I wrote this for for leaders who want to build you know resilient organizations, uh, especially ones that scale, which is which is often the challenge and whether that's scaling from a billion to several billion or from, you know, startup concept to something. I, I actually uh, teach and coach entrepreneurship uh, to students, undergraduate students at Lehigh and, you know, work with multi-billion dollar organizations. And so really leaders that want to, uh, uh, you know, build strength in their organization through everyday problem solving. That's, that's really who I, who I wrote this for. And, I even had a, a friend who, who read it recently, and he said he was expecting a, a bunch of wonky lean stuff, uh, knowing me. And then he, he found out it was really accessible for him and his 30-person <laughs> company. So that was perhaps one of my favorite uh, uh, favorite quotes about the, the accessibility of the book, which was a, a goal of mine. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Jamie, we love to ask everyone a question towards the end. That's what does Rise Up for you mean to you? Well, I think, you know, for everybody, you know, rise up. I've always believed that the number one thing is what we can do ourselves. Of course, we need help along the way, but um, I've always been, uh, how do we overcome victim mentality and take some responsibility, the ability to respond to our own circumstances? And so to me, that means having our own personal vision of what true north looks like for us. And then, you know, we don't need a, 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 comprehensive plan to get there, but what's in the way of that? And then solve that problem. What's in the way next and solve that problem. And so one step at a time, one one rung of the ladder at a time and just sort of problem solve our way, close the gaps between us and our own personal true north. And, and so that's what Rise Up means for me. Fantastic. Jamie, thank you for being on the podcast. You come with such knowledge, integrity, and you can feel really your clarity. And I'm sure that makes a huge impact for your clients as well. That clarity is a big word for me, um, as is deliberateness, which is sort of clarity in action. And so I, I'm, I'm glad that came through. I appreciate that. And I, I really enjoyed uh, our conversation. Absolutely. Me as well. It did. We, I guess we're thinking on the same lines. <laughs> really great. Well, thank you, Jamie, for being on the podcast today. I'm Lauren Sweeney. And I'm our vice president here at Rise Up For You. Thank you for listening, for diving in, for putting time and effort into your personal and professional growth. If you would like to download our free confidence kit, you can do so at riseupforyou.com confidence. We'll see you next time on the podcast.